Coming up on today's episode of the Keto Camp Podcast, we bring on Dr. Espen, and oh my gosh, today's episode is one of the most inspiring podcast interviews you will ever listen to. Here we go. We should be in a beautiful state 90% of the time and in fight or flight 10% of the time. Now, it seems like if you study most people, particularly in the modern world, they're in fight or flight and stress 90% of the time and in a beautiful state 10% of the time. Saying that your mind's too busy to meditate or you don't have time to meditate, it's like saying that you're too dirty to take a bath. It just doesn't make sense. Like my meditations teacher says, if you can't meditate 20 minutes a day, just do three hours instead. We have access to ancient healing strategies such as ketosis, fasting, and carnivore. And on the Keto Camp Podcast, we are determined to deliver the science to you. We bring in the thought leaders in this space to have extraordinary conversations so you could apply it and change your life. Your body was built to thrive. Your body is capable of healing as long as you identify the interference and remove it. I believe you are a masterpiece because you are a piece of the master. My name is Ben Azadi. I'm the best-selling author of Keto Flex, and I want to thank you for spending part of your day with me. Hey, hey, Keto Camper, Ben Azadi here, the host of the Keto Camp Podcast. Thank you so much for pressing play and spending your day with me. You can learn more about me over at benazadi.com. If you listened to the recent episode or the episode we released two days ago, that was episode 700. We are very grateful to achieve that feat, and we're excited to continue doing this for 1,000-plus more episodes. So thank you for continuously pressing play on episode 700 that we released on Friday, two, two days ago, three days ago. I shared some of the lessons I've learned from recording over 700 episodes now and also a live keynote lecture for you. So go listen to that if you didn't do so already. Today's episode is with an incredible, incredible human being, Dr. Espen. I have to admit, Dr. Espen is somebody I was not familiar with until about a month ago. His team reached out to me because uh, he wanted to interview me for his podcast called the Dr. Espen Podcast. And then I looked him up and I saw, oh, he's doing some cool things. Yeah, I'm down for that. So he interviewed me. He's in Australia. Uh, I'm in, of course, Miami, so big time zone difference, but we made it happen. And I was on his show, incredible interview, incredible conversation. And then after we hit stop, he was sharing a little bit more about his backstory. And I said, dude, I got to get you on my podcast. This is one of the most inspiring, incredible stories I've ever heard before. So the, today's episode is a result of that conversation we had on my show. And I had goosebumps throughout the episode I don't want to give too much away right now because I want him. I want the story to be organic and fresh. But wait until you hear some of the the trauma and the challenges he dealt with as a kid, losing his brother, having a, a sister that was born disabled, and then being in a life threatening accident where he was essentially partially crippled for over a year, and how he got into breath work and quantum healing and vitamin G gratitude, and ancient healing strategies. 
and he and it changed his life. Absolutely changed his life. When the doctors wanted to cut off his legs, he said no. Spirit guided him and he found a different way. So he's going to share that entire story with you. Listen to that entire story. Share it with everybody you know. It's one of the most important stories that illustrates the human body's innate intelligence, the amazing ability for the body's capability to heal itself. It's one of the most important things we need to get results on health, and that is to believe the body was built to be self-healing. And we've been brainwashed by social media, by big pharma, by big food, by big government to believe that the body is weak, that we need a surgery, we need a medication, we need a fad diet. They have stripped the power away from us. And this is an awakening for you to get that power back. Dr. Espen is going to help you reclaim that power and talk about his quantum experience and awakening. He's doing these live seminars. Um, it's, it's just incredible what he's doing. And also the testimonials that are coming out from his seminars are absolutely incredible. He's such a smart guy. If you've been listening to the show, the last question I ask all my guests, at least for the last 100 plus episodes, are the, the question is, what do you have vitamin G for today? What are you grateful for today? And I've, and I've asked over 100 people that question. The answers have been great. His answer is the best answer that I've ever heard on that question. So stay tuned for that. We talk about having somebody hold you accountable, a coach that doesn't call you out and speak down to you, but calls you up to your greatness. There's a a part of this conversation towards the end, the second half, it's probably like a five minute to seven minute clip where he goes into this zone of coaching, uh, a, a wake up call, if you will, that I recommend you kind of uh, put a timestamp on that part of the conversation and maybe listen to that every day for a month, for two months. Especially when you feel like you're a victim, especially when you feel you've plateaued, especially if you feel demotivated, listen to that part. Very inspirational. You'll know what I'm talking about when you listen to it. If you want to watch the video version of Dr. Espen and myself from today's conversation, all interviews are on our YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash ketocamp. We're very excited about posting those on YouTube with amazing editing. I want to remind you that we have this special free gift called our seed oil allergy card. We talk a lot about the dangers of seed oils and and PUFAs and how they stick around in your body for two to five years. They're worse than smoking cigarettes. They're worse than eating sugar. These vegetable oils that are all at restaurants all over the place, I avoid them. I avoid that hit by using the seed oil allergy card which you would download for free over at seedoilcard.com. Download it as an image to your phone. And when you go to restaurants, just show it to your server and say, I'm allergic to these eight oils. Can you swap them for the oils that you see below? And it gives you eight options that are healthier. Use it and use it often. Feel free to share that with your friends too. It's seedoilcard.com. We'll put it in in the show notes. And then leave the Keto Camp Podcast a rating and review if you haven't done so already. We'll put all of Dr. Espen's info down below. But without further ado, wait until you hear the story. Let's go. Dr. Espen is a researcher of neuroscience and quantum physics, conscious business mentor, philanthropist, and a multi-seven-figure solopreneur teaching his clients how to use the power of their own consciousness to turn obstacles into opportunities. Dr. Espen is a sought-after speaker, conscious business consultant, and quantum coach. 
Dr. Espen provides his students with the exact tools, the same tools and strategies he used to go from humble beginnings to becoming the CEO and co-founder of multiple seven-figure businesses while helping over 250,000 students worldwide reach their personal and professional potential. His signature event, The Quantum Experience, delivers you the same art, science, and application of consciousness that has transformed the lives of clients in over 12 countries through quantum healing, peak performance, freedom, joy, abundance, and impact in all eight areas. Let's turn your fear into fuel, trauma into transformation, and get out of that pit and to find your purpose. Here's Dr. Aspen. Dr. Aspen, thank you so much for joining me on the Keto Camp Podcast, my friend. It's an absolute privilege. I was just on your show. We connected on the Dr. Espen podcast. Everybody go subscribe to it. It's an incredible podcast. You've got some incredible guests, people that I study and uh, have inspired me. And I know you have a lot more coming uh, <laughs> on that um, guest thread. But uh, let's talk about this. Quant- We're going to get into this quantum awakening. I just love that term, quantum awakening. I want to hear your definition of that. But you shared with me when we stopped recording on your podcast, your story. And oh my gosh, then I started to research you some more and read about your story. I talk a lot about pain to purpose uh, and to promise, right? And you have such an incredible, inspiring pain to purpose message. So I'd love for you to go back and share that story about the things that you went through, the healing that occurred and what happened as a result of that pain. Yeah, certainly. And I think this is a really great place to start because I think all the listeners and viewers can relate to some sort of, and potentially for some, many painful experiences in life. If we go back and reflect on our past, there's going to be trauma, there's going to be heartache, there's going to be challenges. So before I move into my story, I'd like everyone listening and watching to feel into a challenge that you've had in the past. It could be a small one or it could be a monumental one, nonetheless. Um, And as I share with my students as well, there's a key question that needs to be asked now, which is either one, do you believe that you're only physical? That means that you believe that you are only flesh and bone. You are the body and that's it. Or two, do you believe that you are um, a spirit or a soul, some sort of consciousness, some sort of energy that's more than just physical. And Ben, you know, over many, many years, we've done this with tens of thousands of people. 99% of people in our rooms will raise their hand and say, I believe that there's more to me than just flesh and bone. So we kind of then establish a belief system about who we are before we move forward. So I'd like everyone to choose either one. If you're listening now, do you believe that you're only physical? Or two, do you believe that you're physical, but there's also something more to you, perhaps a spirit? Okay. And so from there, that is the core belief system. And whatever you believe, you will achieve. So if you believe that you only have this physical experience, then of course your your human experience is limited to the five, or if you include thought, six senses. And two, if you believe that your spirit and consciousness, well, then there's a very different story. So it's neither is right or wrong. It's just simply a matter of what you believe and what you want the belief to be to live an extraordinary life. And so then, Ben, in regards to the story, I wanted to relate it back to all the listeners and viewers first because it makes it so tangible, so palpable, so practical, and so applicable because then what I'm about to share now, the listeners and viewers, if you want to, guys, you can segment back to your trauma and do just the same thing. So if you were with me when I was five-year-old, I was uh, uh, born and raised in a tiny little uh, town called Arendale 
which is in the country of Norway in, in Scandinavia, where the Vikings come from. And Arendelle is actually the city that the movie Frozen is based on. And it is similar in many ways. It gets really cold. It's really beautiful. It's quite a, a magical place. It's a small uh, fisherman village in the south of Norway. And I remember it like it was yesterday. I was five years old and I woke up um, in the morning on a Tuesday morning in the middle of school holidays. I remember um, July was a summer holiday for us. And I woke up and I was stretching into my little wooden bed that I was sleeping in. I remember I could see my Michael Jackson poster on the wall and my Ninja Turtles poster on the wall. And you just imagine this little five-year-old blonde kid waking up with such enthusiasm in my heart because I was going to go outside on the playground and play with all of my friends. And then I heard a horrendous scream. You know, the type of scream that when you hear it, you deep down your nervous system know that something's horribly wrong. And I could tell it was my mother. And so I bounced up out of bed and sprinted down the hallway to my little brother Kevin's room where the screams were coming from. And that's when I experienced my first deep trauma, which was the death of my brother. So my little brother Kevin died in his bed during the night. And my mum found her son passed away. And my sister June and I were very traumatized by the sight of seeing a blue child, you know, when you're that young. And so time went by, you know, mum tried to deal with it and heal through it and without having the tools that, that you, you know, I teach now and many of the tools that you teach as well. Um, and two years after my brother died, my little sister was born, uh, Katinka, her name was, was born disabled. So she's never had a chance to walk. She's never had a chance to run. And so I was, as I was growing up and I was haunted, I was obsessed by two primary questions. And the first question, which pertained to my brother passing away, was why do people, and this is a relevant one for those watching and listening, why do people take life for granted when it truly is so precious? And it's not often until we lose someone that we love or something traumatic happens that we really get to acknowledge the blessing the incredible gift of life. So that was the first question. Why do we take life for granted? And moreover, what does it mean to truly live? I've devoted my life now to helping people find out what it means to truly live. That's what I call quantum living. And then the second question, which pertained to my sister being born disabled, was where does sickness, disease, and suffering come from? Where does it come from? What's the root cause? And how can we not just survive but to thrive? Um, so this took me all over the world. Um, I ended up in Australia where I am now uh, in 2005. And of course, as the universe might have it sometimes, when you haven't learned the uh, appropriate lessons or uh, <laughs> the right amount of lessons or whichever it might be, I have a hypothesis that the universe sends you lessons until you truly see the, the cause and the gift in it, and then you don't have to attract even more lessons. But until you do, you might have a tendency to attract a Mack truck in your life because you actually haven't awoken to the truth of your potential or whatever it is yet, you know? It's going to be either a, a metaphor or a, or a two by four. Oh, I like that. I love that. Absolutely. And, you know, the universe will whisper, right? I always ask this in my events as well. You know, I said to my audience, raise your hand if you've ever had an intuition, like the universe is speaking to you, like you've got to go and do something. You know you need to do something about something, but you didn't do it, right? And so all the hands go up. And then I say, well, raise your hand if you didn't do something and the lesson went away, it never came back. And everyone's like, mm, nope. And that's a raise your hand if you came back and everyone's raises their hand, right? And then I said, well, raise your hand if you came back softer and more gentle and no one raises their hand, right? And then the two by four, right? And so we know intuitively that if we don't deal with the shit 
It's the spiritual healing in thyself. If you don't deal with that, it comes back and smacks you again. So this is why, you know, you and me and so many of your listeners and viewers and so many of our students, we lean in to discomfort. If you truly understand, believe that you are a soul having a human experience, then everything, please listen, everything along your path, everything along anything in the past has happened for you, not to you. Again, take that perspective of the soul and see it as a lesson, as an experience, not as a something that you're victim of. And nonetheless, Ben, you know, if we believe that we're victims of it, if, if the subconscious mind says something like, I am this way because of him or her, well, then we're going to be firing and wiring a victim-based, autonomic, traumatic, limiting belief system that'll fire and wire trauma in your life until you go back and change the story, change the story, change your life. You're not a victim of your history. You're a master of your destiny. And even if you don't believe in, you know, past lives, even if you don't believe in that you are a spirit or that you are consciousness or something more, if you just believe that you only are physical, this still works. Why? Because all you got to do is to change the story. So you can't change the past. You can change the meaning, though. And change the meaning, change your life. And so I came to Australia. This was before I had gotten to know any of the science that I now teach. And then uh, my mum got diagnosed with terminal cancer. The doctor said, you've got no more than 12 weeks. You know, she applied many of the things that you teach, many of the things that I teach. She lived 16 and a half years, you know, so God bless all the mothers in the world. Um, but when I knew this, you know, I didn't know about like these tools and techniques and, and technologies that we teach now, kind of fifth dimensional technologies if you want to be a bit esoteric. And so I had that trauma in my body. And what I didn't share before was that I, when I was growing up, my father wasn't around as much. Uh, and my mother was deeply traumatized from the loss of her son and the disabled daughter. And um, she didn't have a job. She drank alcohol. That was her escape. Right. And as you spoke about so beautifully on when I interviewed you a, little, you a little while ago, it's like a lot of people have these vices. You know, it could be uh, pornography, it could be drugs, it could be tobacco, it could be alcohol. For many, it's their phone, it's sugar, it's stress, you know. And then we put ourselves into these harmful environments and we don't know that it's because of an escape. So what we do is we take people outside of their environment into a room, scientifically proven room with a sacred space where they can sit with their the stuff of the past because, you know, like I said, fear is fuel as well. So you can actually turn all that fear into fuel, that trauma to transformation, that pit becomes part of your purpose. And so, you know, before I knew all this stuff, I... um. I accumulated the lessons as, you know, spirit wanted me to. So in 2006 in Melbourne, Australia, I crashed a big motorcycle and I snapped off both my legs. I broke both my legs, fractured part of my pelvis. I got a life-threatening hospital infection, a staph aureus infection. And for over a year and two months, I was fighting for my life with a life-threatening infection. And one day I walked into the Royal Melbourne Hospital and the surgeon looked at me and looked at his charts and shook his head. I had lost 15 kilos at the time. Like now, I don't have a lot of body fat, but I, I knew in my heart that I was dying. And, you know, this type of bacterial infection doesn't respond to antibiotics, but they were pumping me full of drugs just in case, right? And so long story short, he looked at me. He said, well, either one would need to cut your leg off now. Like we'll take your leg from the hip and down on the right side. Um, and if we don't do that, if the infection spread and if you get sepsis, then you die. And in that moment, Ben, for the first time in my life, never before in my life until that point had I had such an experience, 
and spirit, God, consciousness. The, if you want to keep it scientific, just call it the unified field or my higher self. It doesn't matter. It came through my my the top of my head like a freaking lightning bolt, man, like boom. And it said, I got one sentence and it didn't change my life. It saved my, saved my life. And it was simply, if it is to be, it's up to me. That was it. That was clear as light. And I just went, like now I'm the truth bumping. And I just looked at the surgeon. I nodded and said, thanks, doc. And he left the hospital. I literally ripped the intravenous out of my arms and I left the hospital and I walked home to my place in Melbourne. I sat up on the bed and I started doing this. And I kept on breathing and breathing. And I kind of almost passed out. And I didn't know why I was breathing. Ben. I was being directly guided by spirit. Go and do this. And I... I had some yoga experience as a yoga teacher, but nothing like this breath work. Anyway, I kind of passed out. I woke up the next, uh, you know, 20 minutes or so, and I'm like, wow, I feel amazing. And what was interesting, Ben, which I didn't expect, was that through the breath work, what, when I was breathing, I was like, I didn't even know why I was breathing. It was just, it felt good, you know? And as I say, when I'm breathing, I'm getting high on my own supply and I feel amazing. What do you think I'm going to do the next day? Oh, I'm never going to do that again. You know, so I wake up the next morning. I'm like, well, feel good. Let's do that again. So I did it again. And I, you know, again, like tooth bumps. And here was what was interesting. While I was doing the breathing, a lot of the trauma came up. You know, I'm in the middle of the breath work and suddenly in my mind, I'm a five-year-old little blonde kid again in, in my brother's bedroom and he's dead. And I'm processing all of these emotions and I'm feeling it in my neck. I'm feeling it in my guts. I'm feeling a crush, crushing sensation around my heart for the sadness and so on. And so I'm breathing and I'm like, whoa, I don't know if this is just me feeling this or if it's, you know, I know now what it is. It was unconscious programming, um, issues in the tissues, the wounding of the emotional trauma stored in the body as part of the unconscious mind. And, and it was a psychosomatic disease and it was coming out of me. So I woke up the next morning, I did it twice the second day. And I was like, wow, I feel like someone's just taken rocks out of my backpack. My mind is clear. I'm equilibrated. I feel grounded. I don't feel anxiety. I don't feel stress. I don't feel fear. It was the first time for a long time. And then I had this hole, literally imagine this, say three millimeter, between six and three millimeters. I had a hole on the side of my right hip where the infection was, which for the lack of a, you know, try not to make it too disgusting, had been literally leaking from a liter and a half to half a liter of pus every day. So I had to go into the shower in the morning. My leg was massive. I'd go into the shower in the morning. I would squat down and I would, pardon, this is disgusting. I would kind of milk my leg to get all this pus out. And you know, I had I had to hire nurses to come over and cleaners to come over and clean a shower. Like it was insane. And this was going on for months and months and months. And then the next day after I did the, the breath work, the second day I woke up and this hole that I had on the side of my hip for a year plus, as you're walking around with a hole in your body for over a year, right, had suddenly gotten smaller. And I noticed, Ben, this was really interesting. I noticed that when I was unwell. Let's say that I was drinking alcohol. I wasn't sleeping enough. I was eating unhealthy. I was stressing, you know, those things, the hole would get bigger. So I'm like, aha. 
there is a link between unhealthy habits, being unwell and, and having a hole that's getting worse. And I tried everything. You know, I was fasting for 10 days on juice and three of them on water. And I was doing all these things, you know, but I'd never done the breath work. And I wasn't as clean as I am now. I was a student living in Melbourne, you know, like alcohol and things like that, you know, those days. And then I woke up the next morning and the hole got smaller. I'm like, holy smokes, this is working. And I've been fighting this disease for a year and two months approximately, well over a year. And then the next day, the third day, and this hole kept getting smaller and smaller. I'm like, I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing because this is working, right? Three and a half weeks in after having dealt with this for over a year, the hole finally closed off. And then my leg blew up and all of my lymph nodes, it was like around my hips that each lymph node was like a golf ball. It was insane, man. And then it closed off and then I went into, you know, sweating and, you know, a bit of convulsing, a bit of psychosomatic kind of body letting go of things. And in three and a half weeks, I fully healed. And now I have the authority to stand on the stage in front of hundreds of people and say, yes, the doctor can dress the wound. But the doctor does not do the healing. Okay? So this is imperative to understand. If you break a bone, the doctor will put it in its right order, but you are the healer. And that was the key, Ben. And I know you teach this, is why I'm so excited to kind of, you know, go deep in this podcast. And I hope that listeners and viewers are now going back and feeling into their trauma and just changing the question, how is it happening for me? What am I supposed to learn? What was the gift? You know, what's the meaning? What do I want the meaning to be? And so I did this breath work and I started healing and, and I get I got healthier, fitter, stronger. And now we run what I call the quantum DMT breath work. And I'll do, and if we can go a little bit esoteric, this breath work that I teach, I don't take any credit for it. It's not my breath work. I've, I'm the custodian of an ancient technology that has been lost and found. And within 22 minutes, a room, if I have 100 in the room, I will every single time have a calculated plus 30% rate of physical healing. I will always calculate it, have a 15% minimum out-of-body, profoundly mystical experience where many of our students enter the higher levels, layers, and dimensions, speak with loved ones that have passed over, have interactions with unconditional love, uh, with the superconscious, with the mystical, if you will. And so long story short, I, I was blessed by spirit um, to almost die twice in the hospital with a life-threatening infection. So I could be a simple messenger for the gift of innate intelligence that every person has inside of them. If you get a cut, it'll heal. You don't need to do anything. It will heal because you have innate intelligence, you have spirit, you have consciousness in your body, which is who you are. And if you learn to tap in to the power of consciousness, you will turn obstacles into opportunities. And it works for every single person, every single time. Because this superhuman tool of which you breathe, spirit comes into the body. You take your last breath, spirit leaves the body. In many indigenous cultures around the world, the word breath and spirit is the same. So it, it's literally like a superpower, Ben. And you, for the lack of a, you know, fun or not so fun joke, your breath right there hidden. The superpower you need is hidden right underneath your nose and you couldn't leave home even if you tried without it. <laughs> I love that. What a story. I, I, oh my gosh, I told y'all watching and listening that Espen had such an incredible story. 
just uh, remarkable, brother, the journey that you've been through. And then not, not only that, what's also remarkable is that you're using your authority, not as somebody who's studied so much and has these certifications and degrees. That's not where your authority comes from. Your authority comes from the pain to purpose, to promise. That is where your authority comes from. And you're teaching this to others. And the breathwork part is so fascinating to me. You know, it's literally right underneath our nose, right? It's it's, it's so true. It's a free tool like fasting and other amazing free tools, earthing, going outside and just standing on, on, on the grass or the dirt. And uh, in a way, and in a big way, we we have been intentionally brainwashed to forget about these ancient practices, these ancient healing processes with big pharma and big food and and, and big government. Uh, they've intentionally brainwashed us to believe that symptoms and diseases are bad and we should hate them and they're evil, but they're all clues. They're all the innate intelligence's way of telling us that something's out of alignment here. Hey, when was the last time you bit into a juicy burger or a perfectly cooked steak and thought to yourself, this is the best thing I've ever tasted. If it's been a while, it's probably because most meat products are conventionally raised, which not only affects the flavor profile, but significantly diminishes the beneficial nutrients and minerals. And believe it or not, even products that are labeled as grass-fed or ethically raised to make you think they're high quality, are often finished on grain or in factory farms, which is why I am so excited to share something with you today that will not only help you avoid the hormones, antibiotics, and pesticide residues that diminish the taste of conventionally raised meat, but could also save you nearly $1,000 over the next year on your grocery bill. And the best part, this may be the best tasting thing you've had in a long time. So what the heck am I talking about? I'm talking about Wild Pastures Meat Delivery. They provide the highest quality meats from small, regenerative, family-run farms here in the United States that prioritize sustainability and animal welfare. Their beef is 100% grass-fed. Their pork and poultry are pasture-raised, something you won't find anywhere in the grocery store, resulting in meats that are not only healthier for you, but also better for the environment. One of the reasons why me and my fiance Natasha loves wild pastures is that we can opt out out of supporting harmful conventional farming practices and instead support small family-run farms without spending a fortune. And the convenience doesn't stop there. They offer delivery straight to your door so you can enjoy delicious, high-quality meats without even leaving your house. No matter where you are in the lower 48 states, Wild Pastures has got you covered. Not only is this the most convenient way to get your meat products, but Wild Pasture meats are better for you nutritionally and they're higher in the total nutrients, phytonutrients, antioxidants, key fatty acids, vitamins, minerals, proteins, and amino acids. And today, for keto campers, for a limited time, you can get 20% off every box plus free shipping for life and... $15 off your first box. This is a crazy deal, and I hope you take advantage of it. So make the switch to Wild Pastures today and save nearly $1,000 on your grocery bill while feeling healthier and enjoying the best tasting meats of your life. All you need to do is go to the link in the podcast notes down below. Everything is already applied. All you got to do is click that link, customize your order, and you'll have some delicious, healthy tasting meats very soon. Head to the podcast notes down below, click the link, enjoy your wild pastures. Okay, let's get right back to this episode. I want to know, 
about the breath work part, you know, there's some simple things like people are breathing through their mouth too much, they're doing shallow breath, and that's problematic. But this is like what you just explained and what you do at your workshops. These are deep healing uh, occurrences that take place. And and I want to know why, like, how is breath work doing this? You mentioned tapping into consciousness and, you know, revisiting uh, these old stories and recreating new meanings. But if you could talk, speak a little bit more about how breath work is doing this and maybe some, some practicality, some practical tips for my audience to start doing some of these tips on a daily basis. Great. And so we went straight to the story into the superpowers, I guess. You know, if you want to look at biohacking tools for peak performance, we went straight to breath, you know, the higher type of breath. Now, this is one type of breath work that I've been, you know, developing and creating for now over 15 years since I healed myself and been sharing it ever since. But there is a whole range of breath work. And this is important. So firstly, understanding that there is a direct scientifically proven connection between how you breathe and your nervous system. So to keep it super basic, I know many of your listeners and viewers would be quite advanced, but just to be get the, the basics right, we have the sympathetic nervous system of fight or flight. We have the parasympathetic nervous system of rest and digest. Innately, we are hardwired to live in a beautiful state, to be in the parasympathetic rest and digest, what the ancient yogis called the god flow system that God, the greater organized design, that spirit, that source, that consciousness, that that true essence of life could only flow through you, that you could only co-create with the universe if you're in a beautiful state. And we know this through the, the, you know, neuroscience. Now we study, you know, fight or flight. You cannot access the executive center of the brain when you're in survival. And blood and oxygen leaves the reproductive organs. It leaves the heart center because you don't need to be in love or reproduce when you're in survival. Um, and so it's been hijacked, if you want to use that word, where we should be in a beautiful state 90% of the time and in fight or flight 10% of the time. Now, it seems like if you study most people, particularly in the modern world, they're in fight or flight and stress 90% of the time and in a beautiful state 10% of the time. It's flipped, literally, and be, be it 80-20, you know. But the problem is, all you got to do now, if you were to place your attention upon the things that's, you know, marketed to us, upon the things that's uh, sensationalism out there to capture our attention, it's fear-based because fear-based taps into the hindbrain right away. We've got your attention. And it just rinses and repeats, rinses and repeats. And I think it's still significantly underrated, the statement of you must be impeccable with what you feed your mind. Impeccable. You know, in the imprint period of the child, ages one to seven, where their entire blueprint of reality is born, is created, is, is molded. You know, a child watches it, uh, you know, see something, you know, on TV of a person being murdered. The child's conscious mind, 5% of their reality goes, ah, it's just a movie. It's just on TV. The child's subconscious mind, 95% of its reality and its blueprint neurologically created goes, oh, someone is being murdered. It's time to secrete cortisol. It's time to shut down the heart. It's time to step into fear. And of course, we don't think of it because there's just like something happening on the idiot box on the side. So there's just so much. There's just it's just everywhere. So for me, I'm impeccable with what I feed my mind. And it must be love-based, high-frequency-based, not fear or stress-based, because that's going to be in your life either way. And then you step into the warrior, then you overcome it. You bear it better to be a warrior in a garden than the gardener in a war, but you don't want to feed your nervous system. 
with fear. Very, very, very important. Point number one. Well, what, what do you, so what do you do when you're working on this, you're feeding your, your garden of the mind with positive thoughts, love, abundance, et cetera, but then you have that stinking thinking thought that creeps in. What are some tips to uh, shorten that gap between staying there and choosing a better thought? How do you shorten that gap? Well, firstly, the, the, the greatest tool to always use is to really do this work and equilibrate the emotional wounding on the inside, the emotional wounding, the, the stuff that's in the tissues, because that's really where the programming comes from. So we can talk about that in, in a bit more detail. The bottom line is that the, the average person has a lot of traumas, uh, a lot of, you know, trauma here. They, they throw the word around, but the average person has a lot of uh, situations of the past, experiences of the present, um, that they haven't equilibrated. That's still a challenge for them. You know, many people, as you know from my last chat, they'll go out and they'll, you know, they'll eat sugar and they'll do um, unhealthy habits and they'll smoke and they'll drink and they'll have alcohol and they'll be addicted to their phone and addicted to materialism and addicted to drama or whatever. And they don't really recognize that one, they don't want that, you know, and if they do recognize that they don't want that, they don't recognize the cause of it. And the cause of it is never, hey, I'm just a little bit stressed with my money. No, you don't have a money problem. You have a money program, right? Just think about the thoughts, like the feelings in the household around the topic of money when you grew up. Was it love-based, safety, security, trust-based? Or was it stress or, stress or fear-based? Same with me. So then our students, 97% of our students, which are conscious people, when I take them back through closed-eye meditation and hypnosis and they go back to the childhood, 97% say, my earliest impression, my earliest imprint around the topic of money is stress, fear, don't have enough, be careful. It's fear-based. And they don't know that they live that way throughout their entire life thinking that it's a lack of money, but it's not a lack of money. You're living in Australia, you're living in America, you're living in whatever country you live in. Would it not be fair to say that you're abundant? You and I are more abundant than 80% of the world's population that has no clean food, no clean water, and, and hardly any shelter. So why are we living? Why are so many people living in scarcity? It's not a money problem. It's a money program. And it started from childhood, and we need to go back and reprogram the unconscious mind from fear to abundance if you wish to live in abundance. Because you don't attract what you want. If you attracted all the millions that you wanted, you would have had all the millions, yes? You don't attract what you want. You attract what you are vibrationally. And so if that can sink in, it's a reprogramming thing. So back to the whole breath thing. There's a direct connection between breath and either the sympathetic nervous system, fight or flight, survival, cortisol secreting from your adrenal glands, reduction of your immune system, la 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 la. And a potential, let me be gentle, a potential vested interest for some of the people that are dominating the world to keep us in that state. Because when you're in that state, you're very easy to control. And when you're in that state, you're very easy to become a consumer, a consumer of materialism, a consumer of uh, obviously fear, a consumer of sugar, a consumer of all these things. And that makes a lot of money. As I say, good health makes a lot of sense. doesn't make a lot of money. So that's one side of it, if you want to be a little bit like that. But, you know, all, all, all things aside, what we do know is that when you tap into breathing, I'll give you a really short, powerful tool. When you breathe through your nose, and into the belly. So let's do this now. We'll take a breath in through our nose, into the Buddha belly, belly open, relax, and then exhale. Try that one more time. Breathing in slowly through the nose, perhaps feeling an inner smile, into the belly, and slowly relax. And already you can start to feel this 
peace, this groundedness happening through your body. Because when you're breathing through your nose, particularly slowly and into your belly, you're going to be stimulating the parasympathetic nervous system. The way this works is if a tiger or a predator was was chasing you, if you actually were in danger, you wouldn't breathe through your nose because you can't get enough oxygen fast enough to get away from the danger. So you breathe through your mouth. So then when you breathe through your mouth, you're stimulating the sympathetic nervous system of fight or flight, normally breathing into the upper part of the chest. And this is chronically, Ben, where most people are living. They're breathing through their mouth, unconscious, and they're breathing through the upper part of the chest. And so what's happening now, like I mentioned earlier, there's a program. And it's like you start the computer in the morning and you press the program and the program runs in the background, it runs all the time, but you're not seeing it because you're looking at some other things. So now you're breathing through your mouth and you're breathing to the upper part of the lungs. And what you don't know now is that not only are many people focusing on fear and stress and what they don't have, but they're also now breathing through the mouth and the upper part of the lungs. So they're automatically firing and wiring this sympathetic nervous system and then they're wondering why they've got, you know, burnout, adrenal fatigue, why they're holding on to so much fat, you know, around the midsection and so on and so forth. Why? Because your body thinks that you're in danger. You must hold on to fat in case of starvation, you know, the stuff that you teach. And so a simple exercise, since we know that our breath is directly related to not just the the sympathetic or parasympathetic nervous system, but to the autonomic part of the nervous system. You know, the vagus nerve, the phrenic nerve, so many of the other ways that we can tune the nervous system. If we were to choose to simply be aware of our breath, we'll do this one more time, everybody. If you want to join me, breathing in through the nose, aware that you're breathing in, breathing out through the nose, aware that you're breathing out. We just meditated, Ben, and this is important for everyone listening. The Buddha said, it's, it's called anapana, the inhale, the exhale. So when you're aware of the inhale, I'm breathing in, and you're aware of the exhale, I'm breathing out, you are actually meditating. That's how simple it is. No, the mind is not supposed to be perfectly equilibrated and still. I've talked to masterful meditators that have been meditating for 40 years, and I asked them, How's the mind? And they're like, more difficult to control than the wind. It's supposed to go off. It's supposed to come back. It's supposed to go off. Then you bring it back. That is meditation. So please don't ever tell me that I can't meditate because my brain's too busy. That's like saying I can't go to the, to the gym because my muscles are too big. <laughs> That's good. Everybody who just did that exercise just meditated. Yes, exactly. That's my point. You know, and saying that your mind's too busy to meditate or you don't have time to meditate, it's like seeing that you're too dirty to take a bath. It just doesn't make sense. Like my meditations teacher says, if you can't meditate 20 minutes a day, just do three hours instead. <laughs> yeah, you need it more for sure. It's a great point, right? And so then I guess what I'm saying, since you're asking, how does the breath tie back in to living in a beautiful state? into the nervous system and, and into health and healing, it is really freaking simple. It's really simple. You've got two primary parts of the nervous system, stress and presence, contraction, expansion, fear and love, sympathetic, parasympathetic, okay? Contraction, expansion. And when you realize that for the majority of people, you're spending too much time unconsciously firing and wiring a stress response, 
and that it's pretty easy to change your breath into the parasympathetic God flow system by being aware of your breath. I'm breathing in by taking a slow breath, by breathing through the nose, by slowing down, doing everything a little bit slower, you will automatically start to enjoy the benefits. More fat burning, getting rid of the fat that you don't want, more presence, more peace, more joy, better sleep, a much more equilibrated, relaxed body, and so on and so forth. So in general, if you were to look at it, the breath, uh, and, and there's so many amazing books out there on the breath. But to summarize, there is a direct correlation, a hand-in-glove connection between the state of your nervous system and how you're aware, not aware, and or mastering or not mastering your awareness of breath. Really well done. Really, really important conversation. And, uh, you know, just to piggyback uh, on what you just shared when it comes to the nervous system, in the keto space and the fasting space, the biohacking space, we do a lot of these biohacks, cold plunge, fasting, red light therapy. Had one this morning. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And they're all great stressors when you're adapting to it, right? One of the best ways to increase this hormetic ceiling so you could do more cold plunging and do more fasting and do more of these stressors and get stronger and healthier is to balance out that nervous system. And what an easy, what, what better way to do that that's easy and effective than focusing on your breath, like you just said, in through the nostril, not the mouth, but the nostril, out through the nostril, slowing it down, observing the breath, breathing through your belly, not through your chest, doing that and for those who wear aura rings or, or track heart rate variability, what you're going to see, yeah, you got, is that a whoop in, Espen? Whoop, yeah. Yeah, whoop is great. So for those tracking the HRV, that is giving you a gauge on how well you're balancing that nervous system, parasympathetic. We want to see that increase over time. So you find your average and build that up. But if you start to incorporate the, the, these exercises with the breath work, you're going to notice that HRV is going to increase. Then that increases your capacity to do more cold plunge. You know, what kind of um, is a pet peeve of mine, and I don't know if you could relate to this, Espen, in this biohacking space, we talk about cold plunging, which I love. I have a plunge here. We talk about fasting. These are all stressors. But not everybody adapts to these stressors. Not everybody could do a 24-hour fast and actually benefit. Not everybody could do a three-minute cold plunge or five-minute cold plunge and benefit because their nervous system is so out of balance. So instead of benefiting from that stress and increasing this hormetic ceiling, they get out of that Goldilocks effect and actually make themselves worse. So I'm saying all of this because if you use breath work the way that Espen just illustrated it, very simple to do. You could do it while you're driving to work by the way, just make sure you're not closing your eyes in the car. And you should. <laughs> yeah, and you should, especially if you're going to work. Why not? Um, Why listen to the radio? Like, come on, be with your yeah. breath for a moment. You're driving anyway. Do yourself a favor. 100%. I love how you call the TV the idiot box. That's good too. <laughs> uh, but, you know, you implement this breath work, you're going to notice a difference. Uh, and just one more thing here before we move to the next topic. Do it before you eat a meal. What it does to build stomach acid and process food better and assimilate. You want to be, maybe you could talk more about that, why we want to be in a parasympathetic state to process food and how so many people who have digestive issues, acid reflux included, 
are in the sympathetic state and they're not able to process food. So maybe you could share more about what's going on there. The metabolic process is really interesting. And we know this as well. If you look at the sympathetic parts of the nervous system, you are actually moving blood away from the stomach area and from digestion in general when you're in fight or flight. Again, if there's a lion chasing you, you don't need to be digesting, you know, the food that you ate 20 minutes ago. Yeah. Or eliminating and uh, uh, pooping either. Nada. You just need to get away. You, there's blood and oxygen to your arms and legs. You can fight or flight or freeze. I mean, we know the, the old story. But what people don't understand is that this is in your nervous system. So as Tony Robbins' spiritual mentor said, I, I had a chance to be the MC for her. Her name is Preeta G. She says, there are only two states. And Tony teaches this and many teachers. There's only two states. There is contraction, expansion, stress and presence, fear and love. As we said, in that fear-based state, in the sympathetic nervous system, blood and energy, life force in general, goes away from the digestive system so you can fight or flight. So you now have major issues because people don't know this, or I think many people don't know this, but it takes a tremendous amount of energy to break down the calories that you eat, a tremendous amount of resources to get that done. And honestly, the greatest change for me has been rec recognizing that most people are overfed and undernourished. That is overfed and undernourished. Now, when I started my fasting, my intermittent fasting, and I live intermittent fasting, Monday to Friday, I only eat eight hours a day. Okay, so I eat for eight and I fast for 16. I don't eat until lunch and I go until probably 7, 7 p.m. And then I go to bed around nine, normally. So I give my, my body this huge window. And when I started fasting, intermittent fasting, 10 days of water fasting, you know, not recommending this right away. You need to, you know, move into it more and more and become adaptive. You're, you know, ketogenic first, fat adaptive, burning fat. And then you can start to, you really enjoy these amazing superhuman tools that every tradition and religion around the world have been using for thousands of years. And you've been hijacked to think about sugar the moment you work up because you're not in ketosis. You are in a fat burning sugar, oh, excuse me, sugar burning, you know, that top metabolism. So when I started fasting, I had to sit again with all these emotions. And I realized, Ben, and for me, I'm, you know, if I can say so, quite advanced in this space compared to the average person. I realized how much I was eating because of my emotions. So much. And then I was fasting and I'm like, oh, anger's coming up. And anger's coming up and it makes me go and want, you know, something rather. And stress is coming up, you know, anxiety is coming up. Oh, I want to go have fruit. It's like, whoa, where's this coming from? As a cause inside, effect outside. I'm going to have to deal with this. So I fasted it all out of my system. And now, you know, I know that often when I'm hungry, I'm thirsty. And I know often when I'm hungry, I'm not hungry. I'm emotional and it's much better now. But if I can give you some context, like this is so underrated for the average person. And so when it comes to eating, metabolizing and all that stuff in general, firstly, your metabolism is going to be so significantly improved if one, you give it a bit of a break, you know, just not continuously hounding it with food like products, creating by accumulating toxins, cut some of that out. Put some quality nutrition in. Like I'll be drinking celery juice today until noon, right? And then I'll have my first meal. Maybe I have normally two meals a day. That's it. And man, I'm in my 40s. I am so fit, so strong. Elite level athlete, 125 
average heart rate variability. That's a 20 wow. hour, like Olymp Olympic athlete. That's really I'm good. 40. Yeah. Right. And that's my average, average resting heart rate, 38 beats per minute, you know, that, that, that sort of stuff. And, but it comes from these one equilibration of the traumas and emotions on the inside because they lead to the choices on the outside. It is not the other way around. You don't do a fad diet. You don't change. You don't do none of that. You go on the inside. You change to what's happening on the inside. Once you've equilibrated and heal your emotions and your programs of the past, you don't want the donut. Okay, you don't want those things because you're already feeling great. So you don't want them. And I think that's a really big thing that I've realized for me. Giving digestion a break, eating clean, lean, green, clean, healthy, organic foods, you know, and most importantly, as I said, equilibrating our emotions because we eat so much and whatever else, drink so much and have so many things because of the emotional state that's on the inside. If you watch any of my videos on social media, you always see me with glasses on. And I always get the question, hey, why are you wearing those glasses? These are called blue light blocking glasses. And I wear them to protect my brain and my focus. You see, we are bombarded with stimulation, especially with junk light from your computer screen, your phone, fluorescent lights, and the brain has to filter that out. These glasses, what they do is they filter out those lights for you so your brain does not have to do the work. I equate this to having a web browser open with 100 tabs. If you had 100 tabs open on your computer, that computer is going to run slow. But if you were able to eliminate 99 of those 100 tabs and now you just have one tab open, that computer will function better. This is the same thing with your brain. So there's different types of blue light blocking glasses. There are computer glasses that you would wear during the day when working with screens and under artificial light. There are light sensitivity glasses that you would also wear during the day with screens and artificial light. And then you have the blue light blocking glasses, which I wear at night, two to three hours before I go to bed, which promotes hormone health, helps your body produce melatonin, and aids in better sleep. My go-to is from Bon Charge. They have the science to back it up. They look super cool. The glasses come in non-prescription, prescription, and reading options. Glasses for every need. Bon Charge also has other amazing products such as low blue light bulbs, red light therapy devices, EMF slash 5G protection, and 100% blackout sleep mask that I take with me when I travel all the time. The greatest thing about them, all backed up by science. They gave Keto Camp Podcast listeners a 15% off coupon code. All you need to do is head over to bondcharge.com slash ketocamp and use the coupon code ketocamp at checkout, no space in between, to get 15% off your entire order. We'll drop that link down below along with the coupon code. Go check them out and let's get back to this episode. One of the things that helps me make a better decision for my goals and my lifestyle. Uh, and this works for me and somebody could adopt it if they want to try it, give it a shot. When I'm at like a, a party, or for, I'll give you an example. It was Thanksgiving here just a few days ago here in, in the United States. And I'm doing carnival right now. I'm, I'm on day 58 of carnivore, nothing but meat. <laughs> meat and fat for 58 days and fasting, of course. So what are you eating? Meat and what kind of fat? Just the fat that comes with the meat, uh, maybe some butter that I that I cook the meat with, um, eggs, seafood, uh, sheep and goat dairy, uh, primarily when it comes to dairy. But yeah, meat, carnivore essentially. And it was Thanksgiving, 
And there was all this amazing food. My mom made this incredible feast meal. She's such an incredible cook. And I'm doing carnival, right? It's like I, I, I committed to myself to do these 60 days and, and do some testing with it. And I didn't want to skew those testing results. I wanted to commit to it for my audience because I'm going to share all that with my audience. So I'm there at the dinner and I see all this amazing food. And the only thing that I could really eat and, and if I want to stay congruent with this goal is the turkey. So one of the things that helps me when I'm in these situations is thinking about morning Ben, right? When I wake up in the morning and then is that morning version of me going to say, good job, like you stuck with carnivore, you said you were going to do it. Or is he going to say, I thought you were going to do carnivore. Why did you break it and, and have some little, a, a little bit of some doubt and, and previous, like the night before Ben, right? So I think about what morning Ben will say. And I thought about morning Ben. I'm like, I'm going to make morning Ben proud. I'm going to stick with this because I said I was going to. And I did. I just ate the turkey and I woke up the next morning and I was like, good job, nighttime Ben. You did a good job. So for me, that works. I just think about that conversation I'm going to have with myself the next morning. Mm. I love that. And honestly, am I right to swear on this podcast or not? <laughs> yeah, go for it. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to say something now, and I'm going to say this from the perspective of being a coach um, and with a background as a physician. So I graduated in 2009 I started practicing in clinic in 2010. I recruited and hired as 27 different doctors and physicians, anything from medical doctors, naturopaths, dentists, chiropractors, physios, yoga teachers, Pilates, and you name it, pathology, radiology, we had it all. So I, I, I founded, co-founded this multidisciplinary fr franchise of health clinics, and I personally owned 10 of those clinics before I retired from clinical practice. I saw 14,000 patients in clinics. We did clinical trials with hundreds of people. So I've got a fair bit of experience in owning clinics, managing medical doctors, um, doing blood tests. Uh, you know, like I said, chiropractors checking spines and nervous systems, crucial like if you don't have a good chiropractor, if you don't know the condition of your spine and nervous system right now, well, to see is to know, not to see is to guess. So there are some bad ones out there, but seriously, that's like a GP. That's like an MD. That's like anyone. Go and find a good integrative doctor. Have a really good naturopath. Have a really good personal trainer. And for God's sakes, have a good chiropractor. So just segueing on that a bit. But that's my clinical background. I've got a lot of training in this. I got my doctorate in 20, uh, 2009. Now... I segued from being a full-time physician and clinic owner to being a full-time coach. And that's what I do for a living. I teach people how to live incredible lives, personal, professional, and spiritual development. So if it's okay, I'm going to speak to you as a coach, and I'm going to speak to you like the kind of coach that I would want, okay? Not the kind of coach where, let's say you go to your trainer, and you know, you got to meet at 5 p.m. and do a, a personal training session. If you get there at 5.05, my trainer's not going to go, hey, great to see you. Let's get started. My trainer's going to go, you're five minutes late. Okay. That is 10 burpees for every minute. That's 50 burpees and go. I don't hire a trainer if they don't give me that. I pay for accountability. And I'll tell you one thing you mentioned, ice baths and these things before. And this is where I come across quite strong. And, and I hope that it's received beautiful by your listeners, because if they're listening to your podcast, if they're seeing this show, they're not the, the person that just wants an ordinary, mediocre life. Okay? You want excellence. You're willing to go deep, to sit at that dinner table, to look at that turkey and all of the other things and go, I'm with the f turkey. 
and it has nothing to do with the turkey. It has everything to do with your mind because some of you listeners and viewers, you have really dropped the ball. You've been selling yourself short. You've been playing the benchmark at this level. That's been your level. No, your spirit, your soul is limitless. You're at an absolute next level, but you're not behaving like you're at that level. You're not behaving like you're at that level. You're eating the sugar. You're yelling at your wife, your husband. Like you're not meditating. So I'm going to say right now, step up. You know that you have powerful potential. Why are you living like that? You know, so when I'm a coach, when I'm on stage, I did this on the weekend. I had 200 people in my room and I said, do I have your permission to speak my truth? And this was coming up to the throat energy center, the throat chakra and about expressing ourselves. And I was saying the number one common regret of thousands of people in a clinical trial, if you read the book, the five common regrets of the dying, the number one regret is I wish I had the courage to live a life true to me and not the life that other people expected of me. So people, Ben, are subordinating to outer influences, to other people, to governments, to their outdated programs. And with so much potential, with so much power and opportunity, beauty and growth, the level that people are playing at, nah, absolutely not. So what I've loved to do is when I get in the ice bath, as an example, it could be anything, I'm not in the ice bath going, yeah, it feels so great and I'm so comfortable right now. No one does that. Come on. You know that's not comfortable. I'm in the ice bath going, I'm in control of my mind. My mind is not controlling me. I'm walking the dog. The dog is not walking me. The mind is a powerful thing and I need to wield it. And if I don't do that, if I can't get have a cold shower this morning, what else am I avoiding? And, you know, those five minutes in the ice, whatever it is, that moment of fasting when I'm hungry and I'm overcoming it because I could just come back to my breath. And that morning, Ben, that wakes up and goes, I did it. And it was only 60 days. How are you going to enjoy the potatoes and the vegetables and all these yummy things if you don't let them go? How are you going to enjoy coffee if you don't stop coffee? How are you going to enjoy alcohol if you don't control your alcohol consumption? And so there is this, this part where I'm either in control, I'm mastering my life, or I'm being overpowered. So when I'm a coach for my students, we go through eight areas of life, physical, mental, emotional, financial, relationships, personal development, career, business, vocation, spiritual fulfillment, purpose, and time. And I'm not interested in any of these areas being anything but what they can be. And by the time I lean in to discomfort. That's what I believe conscious people do. You know, for me, I run multiple seven-figure businesses. When you run multi-million dollar companies, you cannot shy away from discomfort. You cannot go, oh, there's a staff member that did something. I'm going to wait until next week because the universe will go shabang. So I need to condition myself as a leader to lean in consciously and lovingly, but fully lean in to the things that I haven't mastered in my life. Otherwise, it'll rinse and repeat an autonomic nervous system of submission, passive, submissive, not empowered. And of course, everything on the outside will be not what I want. So thank you for receiving that strength of message. And for hear me when I say the level that you're playing out, 
is not the level that your spirit's at. So ask yourself the question, what do you want to do? Step up, lean in, and go quantum. Because when you go quantum, you will truly make the rest of your life the best of your life. And after that yoga practice in the morning, after that ice bath in the morning, you are zen for the rest of the day. And anything that might have been a challenge, your kids doing something, your husband, your wife yelling at you, something popping up in business will be a breeze. Why? Because you've already overcome a challenge in the morning. So again, are you walking the dog? Or is the dog working you? Who's in charge? Who are you? And what do you want to do for the rest of your life? Mm, so good. <laughs> we could just take that clip right there, the last five minutes or so of you just teaching us and with your brilliance. For those listening and watching, maybe you want to save those last five minutes and listen to that part for the next 90 days. <laughs> are you You'll walking the dog? Oh yeah, is your or the dog walking you? It's so true. These these disciplines they transfer. You know that eighteen hour fast, that discipline that transfers to other areas, and, and the way you coach, it's not from a place of authority. I, I don't feel that. It's not a place of like speaking down to people. It's not calling out people. It's calling them up to their potential. So those listening and watching, listen to that part over and over and over again. It's going to get you inspired and in action because it's so true. We have this limitless potential. And we barely have scratched the surface on it. Literally, scientifically proven even, right? And so there's so much in this now. And, and every person gets to choose. You know, if you choose to play at that level, if you say, you know, turning over 100 grand a year or earning 100 grand a year is okay for me. I just want to be a stay-at-home mom, stay-at-home dad, you know, chop wood, carry water, the old, you know, paradigm of enlightenment. That's beautiful. Do that. But then you're aware of that. And you don't need to push anything beyond that. You need to stretch yourself always. But that's okay. But if you want to leave a legacy and do something else, you're going to have to fall in love with challenges. You have to fall in love with problems. The biggest problem many people have is they think they shouldn't have any, right? We're not here to have a breeze and a cruise. We're here to become, empo to become empowered, right? And that comes with opportunities. Yeah. There's uh, experiments done on uh, temperature and um, controlled environments with uh, plants. And when there's no wind, there's no challenges, the plants die. But when you add the wind component, they actually get stronger and grow, right? We need the challenge. It's like Jim Rohn said, it's not about, I wish it was easier. I wish this was easier. It's not about it being easier. It's about you being better, us being better, me being better. I have one final question for you. But before I get to the final question, um, your website is drespen.com, D-R-E-S-P-N, E-S-P-E-S-P-N, dot com. E-S-P-E-N dot com. I'll put that in the notes down below. Uh, you hold workshops and uh, they're incredible. They're life changing. You also have the Dr. Espen podcast, which we'll reference down below. You have a YouTube channel, which we'll reference down below. On Instagram, you're at dr underscore Espen. The last question for you is about my favorite supplement in the world, which has been proven to be anti-inflammatory, anti-aging, great for your sirtuins and longevity genes, great for blood sugar, great for fasting and keto. I could go on and on. And that supplement, it's called vitamin G. Uh, I call it vitamin G. It's because it's vitamin gratitude and what gratitude does to put you in this parasympathetic healing state. So Espen, I want to ask you, what do you have vitamin G for today as we close this interview? Oh, thank you so much. Firstly, um, for everybody listening, um, if you believe, like I believe, that you're spirit-infused, that you're consciousness, that you're more than just flesh and bone, then in this instance, there might be a divine design to the fact that you're listening to us right now. And it might be a divine design or a purpose behind you sharing this with someone to change your life. 
or several lives. And so my gratitude is firstly for the opportunity to be able to share my message with so many people listening. And if they only take one action, do one thing, hug someone that they love, uh, turn off the TV when they're talking about fear-based stuff, you know, fast for a bit, know their potential, get a coach, whatever it might be, then, you know, I've done my job. I know through gratitude, as I say, it's the ultimate state of receivership. Again, in every ancient culture and every tradition and religion, uh, it's been said, as it says even in the Bible, if you focus on what you're grateful for, you get more to be grateful for. If you focus on the things that you don't have, you're going to get more things that you don't want. So it is a fundamental constituent of a beautiful life. And I think it's imperative that when we remember what we focus on is what we find. How would you expect the universe to give you more things to be grateful for if you don't already cultivate wholehearted gratitude for the things that you've been blessed? I'm grateful to, to my breath. I'm grateful to be a father. I'm grateful for everything. I'm grateful for my challenges. I'm grateful for my pain. I'm, if there's anything along my timeline, past, present or future that I cannot say wholeheartedly thank you and I love you for, I haven't equilibrated it and I haven't healed it. And that's the bottom line for me. It's a fundamental way of living. And even though in the moment it might not feel like I've got something to be grateful for, I always bring my focus back because I know that what I focus on is what I find. So I'm grateful to great spirit, to the creator. I'm grateful to life. I'm grateful to everything and the opportunity to be here with you, brother, to connect with you, to be with your audience. And um, I'd like to pass that on to the audience too, just in your mind's eye to think about three things that you're wholeheartedly grateful for and maybe even take the opportunity today to express that to those people or whoever it might be. Wow. I've, I've asked that question to hundreds of people at the end of uh, these conversations and that, that was the best um best answer I've heard about vitamin G. So thank you for sharing that, bro. I'm, I'm grateful for you. I'm grateful for your work and your dedication and, and how you show up. Most importantly, uh, it's very easy to have a conversation with you. It really is. And you could just, it's obvious that you care. It's obvious that you, that you know the science and know what you're doing and making a big difference in this world. We need more people like you. The world is just beautiful, abundant place. And it's because of people like you. So thank you, Espen. I'm grateful for you, brother. Uh, I already look forward to, uh, Another conversation with you, our, our third conversation will happen uh, in the near future. So appreciate you, bro. Thank you so much for your time today. Absolute privilege and a pleasure. If you guys want to learn more, I do I think called the Quantum Experience, where you can go and do a, an experience online, where I teach the science and also facilitate the breath work at the end. So you guys are welcome. Thanks, Ben, for doing what you're doing. You are indeed changing millions and soon billion lives. Love you, bro. Appreciate you, mate. Well, there you have it. Didn't I tell you that was going to be one of the most inspiring conversations you've ever heard? Go check him out, DrEspin.com. We'll put his website down below and his social media down below and his podcast down below. If you want to listen to the interview he did with me on his podcast, go check that out. Share this with a friend. Share it with somebody you know. Go watch the YouTube interview as well, youtube.com slash ketocamp. And if you haven't left the show a rating and review, please do so, especially this one. What a good episode this was. I hope this inspired you to know how incredible you are. You're amazing. You have the greatest physician within you. Everything you need to heal is within you. Nothing external is needed, which is very powerful. So go prove that to yourself. Go prove it to your, your God, your, your universe, your, your mother nature, whatever you believe in. Uh, we are rooting for you. I hope this episode has made a big difference for you. 
listen to it a few more times, especially that inspirational clip towards the end. And go get the seed oil allergy card over at seedoilcard.com to avoid vegetable oils at restaurants. Thanks for listening. I'll see you on the next episode. This podcast is for information purposes only. Statements and views expressed on this podcast are not medical advice. This podcast, including Benazadi, disclaim responsibility from any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own. And this podcast does not accept responsibility of statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or non-direct interest in products or services referred to herein. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.